Welcome to episode 13 of Behind the Mission, a show that sparks conversation with PsychArmor trusted partners and educational experts. My name is Dwayne France, and each week I'll be having conversations with podcast guests that will equip you with tools and resources to effectively engage with and support military service members, veterans, and their families. You can find the show on all the podcast players or by going to psycharmor.org forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us on Behind the Mission. Our work and mission are supported by the generous partnerships and sponsors who also believe that education changes lives. This episode is brought to you by PsychArmor, the premier education and learning ecosystem specializing in military cultural content. PsychArmor offers an online e-learning laboratory that's free to individual learners as well as custom training options for organizations. You can find more about PsychArmor at psycharmor.org. This week, I'm having a conversation about With Honor, a cross-partisan movement dedicated to promoting and advancing principal veteran leadership in elected public service. With Honor supports principal military veterans in Congress and helps to amplify their cross-partisan agenda that finds solutions for the American people. They also work with veteran candidates on the nuts and bolts of running for Congress, helping them to organize their own campaigns and build a winning strategy. To talk about With Honor, I'm joined today by Rye Barcott and Congressman Jared Golden. Marine Corps veteran Rye Barcott is co-founder and CEO of With Honor and is a successful entrepreneur and published author. Congressman Jared Golden represents the 2nd District of Maine in the United States Congress, where he serves on the Small Business Committee and the Armed Services Committee, as well as serving as the co-chair of the Four Country Caucus, a group of military veteran members of Congress that work in a nonpartisan way and create a more productive government. You can find out more about both of our guests by taking a look at their bios in the show notes. Let's get into my conversation with them and come back afterwards to talk about some of the key points. For many service members, not finding something worthwhile to do after leaving the military could be a challenge. Uh, when they were in the military, there was pride in serving something larger than themselves, and that may be missing in post-military life. I'd like to hear from both of you about your own need to carry on a mission after leaving the military and how that brought you to where you are, respectively. Sure. Thanks, Dwayne. I'll jump in. This is Ryan Barcott. I am an entrepreneur and had the great privilege of serving in the Marine Corps, which I consider the best education I could have had and the ultimate honor to have served. I served from 2001 to 2006. I came out of the Marine Corps and, like many veterans, was really looking for a, a sense of purpose after, uh, after those missions and found that by teaming up with another Marine and starting a business. And the business was focused in solar power and the development of solar power projects. We ran that business for a number of years, and then that friend of mine decided to run for Congress, and he saw an opportunity to serve his country again. He had never intended to necessarily run for an elected office, but it seemed like a way that he could give back. And he's just a a terrific business partner and friend. And so I started looking more broadly at what was happening around the United States. This was back in 2017, and saw that there was a really a surge of post-9-11 veterans that were running from both parties uh, across the country. In those midterm elections, uh, we ended up seeing over 400 veterans run. And so I decided as an entrepreneur to, to try and fill a gap, which was that for many of those veterans, the cost of running for office is just an absurd barrier in our democracy these days. And so I established with some other veterans with honor.org as an organization to help reduce the barriers to entry of principled veterans We take a pledge to serve across party lines and with integrity, civility, and courage. 
and help them get elected. And then once elected, really support them in working together to get things done for, for the American people. And so that's what With Honor is. It's a great privilege for me to be able to uh, you know, contribute back to the, the country we all love through this means of sort of entrepreneurial service. And really thrilled to be on this podcast with somebody who I hold in the highest regard, Congressman Jared Golden who we've just been thrilled to be able to, to be a small part along the ride of, of, of his journey from the Marines and, and now into Congress and leading the four-country caucus of veterans that work across party lines to get things done for the American people. Yeah, thanks, Ry. This is Congressman Jared Golden from Maine, and I, I'm a veteran of the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. Served in the 3rd Battalion, 6 Marines. In 2004, I was in Afghanistan and in Iraq and 2005 into, into 2006. And, and I think that you make a great point that after you get out of the service, a lot of times there is a struggle to find the next mission and refine that feeling of, of great purpose that you had when you were in the rank. I certainly struggled early on to find that. And it had a big impact on me emotionally as well. I had been diagnosed with, with post-traumatic stress, leaving the service, coming home from Iraq. But ultimately, that I, I guess that path started for me going back to Afghanistan on a volunteer basis to teach at a school. And that was just the beginning for me. I even went back to the Middle East later after obtaining a college education to work in the freight forwarding industry, doing contracts with State Department and DOD through a, a private firm. But ultimately, I ended up running for the state legislature in Maine in, in 2014. And the, the call to service as a member of the Maine State Legislature was to try and help veterans like myself. I saw a number of gaps in the available services for veterans in the state of Maine. One of the key ones being a, a real lack of inpatient beds for veterans struggling with substance use uh, and mental health issues. We didn't have any beds in Maine, actually. You had to be on a wait list if you were in a, a dire situation and need a care uh, and get shipped off to another state. So I, I ran in 2014 wanting to make a difference for fellow veterans. And you know, just interestingly enough, in my first term in Congress, I, I was finally successful in delivering on that. And we're soon going to have a 16-bed inpatient substance use co-occurring mental health treatment facility in the state of Maine. See, and it's interesting for both of you is that while both of you were involved in politics as an advocate and as a member of Congress, that wasn't the direct path. You knocked around a little bit. Rye as an entrepreneur, congressman, as a contractor, going back, everybody, I myself, the idea of if I could blink and be anywhere, be back in the mountains of Afghanistan kind of thing, which is a little strange for people who hadn't served. But there are a lot of ways for people to get involved in their community. I was talking to a veteran the other day about he volunteers with local Red Cross. Everybody in his chapter is a veteran. But both of you chose political office as a form of civic engagement. Rye, with you helping veterans get into office and, and Congressman Golden serving at both the state and federal level, that's what With Honor does. Why do you think political office specifically is a route that, one, may be good for veterans, and two, is something that they often don't think about? Well, let me first say that i the political office may may be good for you, but it may not be. But it certainly is good for the country. And w what we saw happen in the United States over the last 50 years is really the rise of dysfunction and complete polarization across the country, but also, most importantly, in for, from our vantage point as an organization that's focused in Congress, in Congress. So not long ago, a few decades ago, Congress hit a high watermark of over 70% of members who had served in uniform. 
And they had served their country. They had taken the oath that we all took to give up to and including their lives if called to do so for their country. And that type of attitude of true service is really important, I believe, in the political sphere where you are just bombarded by noise and chaos and, frankly, self-indulgent behavior at times. And so our view as an organization is that Congress can help become more functional by having more veterans who have the right mentality, which is to serve truly with integrity, civility, and courage, and frankly, have the ability to talk to each other. They have a common background so they can cross these often political tribal lines that are very intense and very steep. So that's really been our view of the vision for change. Help elect what starts as a small group. They're now 25 members within the four country caucus across both party lines, meeting on a routine basis, building trust, and really taking actions on behalf of what is not best for them, but what is best for the country. Yeah, there's so many different ways to, to get involved. And, and I see that all over the place and back home in, in, in my state in Maine. A lot of veterans of my generation are very active in the American Legion. They're very active in other organizations. Like you said, I think it's one of the strongest things that I notice about this generation is we don't want to stop serving. Even people who have private sector jobs or are going to college are finding ways to serve. It's a great thing. Why politics? Uh, I wouldn't have ever guessed that I would go down this path myself. But I, I would just say most of us saw good leaders and let's be honest, sometimes examples of bad leadership in the military. But in general, it breeds a culture of service and good leadership. And you certainly get the opportunity to see the importance of that when you're on a combat deployment. And I learned important lessons. For instance, I tended to see in the best leaders a desire to share credit when the team was successful and a desire for the entire team to be successful, but also the type of leaders who would say the buck stops here and accept full responsibility when the team fell short or, or failed. I think that's critically important when you think about where we are politically today with depolarization. And often when things go wrong, politicians and parties want to just try and blame the other side. There's no, we have to work to fix this. We have to accept our responsibility in failures to meet the needs of the nation and, and solve our biggest challenges. And really, I think getting more veterans into Congress can help change that. We know from our experience in the military that leadership by example can make a difference. Uh, and, and I see that in my colleagues in the Four Country Caucus and, and in Congress who are veterans. A greater, I think, sense of personal responsibility for their own leadership. And I think it has to start at the state level. Obviously, there is a possibility of your first elected office being at the federal level, but really to make a significant difference. The next Supreme Court justice with military service is going to be from this generation, most likely. The next commander in chief with military service is going to be from this generation, from the post 9-11 generation. And this generation has the ability to impact this century the way the greatest generation had to impact that century. And really, it just starts with standing up and getting involved. I think that's 100% right. And pretty much everyone agrees. If there's one thing we agree on, it's that politically anyways, we have uh, a broken Congress with deep polarization and a lot of partisanship. And I think veterans are well situated to see the bigger picture and understand uh, that we're all in this together. Uh, we've been overseas together in the fight. 
And so I think it makes it a little bit easier to go into to Congress and understand that person on the other side of the political aisle isn't your enemy. It's your brother or your sister and, and someone that you got to uh, work with. That's critically important when you look at the future of the country over the next several decades. In, in regards to political leadership. Yeah, and Dwayne, I think you make a really important point, which is that there are many different ways to serve in an elected capacity. So at withhonor.org, we'll take calls for many, any veterans that are planning to or thinking about running and really try and just give them the straight truth. There are a lot of charlatans out there in politics, a lot of people trying to rip folks off that are coming in for the best interests. And we just try and have an honest conversation and, and say, what is realistic? And for some folks, it's going to be looking at municipal level or state level. For a very few, it might mean trying to, to make a run at a federal right off the bat. But we just try and speak the, the truth to, and we've seen that there's a, there, it's important to have that sort of truth telling that, that exists. One other piece that I would mention too from the military service, which I think is important and frankly different for a lot of Americans these days, is that as we all know in the military, you serve with Americans from all walks of life, rural, urban, you name it, all the, just all this different diversity, frankly, that enables you to help put superficial differences aside for the good of a common mission. And that is something that we really emphasize, especially as there are fewer and fewer veterans in the United States. For folks that haven't served, one of the, the great values of as a young American being able to, to serve with others on missions that matter. And I, and I think that's obviously, and, and, and maybe the gentle ribbing that, that we were experiencing between Marines and soldiers, for example, all of that stops at the water's edge when something needs to get done. And that's really what I see uh, the benefit of With Honor is providing that support, because somebody may look at it and say, I don't want to run for political office, but With Honor is there to be able to say, it may not be, or it may be right for you. Yeah, and I... Yeah, Dwayne, just on that note, too, one of the things that our organization does is once the once veterans in Congress, like Congressman Golden, are in and are, are meeting and establishing the, their priorities, we help support through our public policy arm with honor action, legislative priorities of the Four Country Caucus. And one of the key areas of priority has been the expansion of voluntary national service. So you can serve in the military, but there are also other ways to serve your country. And I'm really pleased that recently there was the first major expansion in voluntary national service in, in generations with Honor Action teamed up with uh, a lot of nonprofits through a coalition called Voices for National Service. And we will see over the next two years, AmeriCorps, which is our leading national service organization, expand by over 50% on an annual basis for the next two years to do COVID relief in K through 12 schools, assisting folks that suffering from hunger, and, and then also on the front lines of our public health services. So there are multiple ways to serve. For us, it's, this is also about strengthening the country. National service is one of these rare areas where you do have a lot of enthusiasm across party lines. And frankly, it's better for the country in a long-term way. Get more Americans serving. You'll appreciate more of what this country and the tremendous freedoms that we have can enable uh, you, you to do. And that's one thing that that in looking at with honor and what you do, it's not just getting individuals elected. It's helping legislators get things passed that can do good things for the country. I'm curious to hear more about that, Congressman, some of the legislation that you and the caucus have been able to put forward with the support of with honor. Yeah, very pleased to talk about that. This is our second Congress now as a caucus. Last Congress, we were able to really work together to, to do some meaningful things to help our fellow veterans, service members, and, and also their families. So 
many people who have served in the military are familiar with something that's been talked about. It's called the the widow's tax. This was an offset on the survivor's pension versus your DIC, disability indemnification compensation. Long story short, you couldn't have both. Even though it was a benefit that's there for your families, if you are badly injured or killed in the line of duty, they were essentially suffering a dollar for dollar loss, which is just unfair, uh, really unjust for many. This has been going on for decades. People in the veterans service communities have been talking about how the country was really letting down the survivors, Gold Star family members uh, of our service members. And the caucus was able to address this first through uh, some legislation you know, supported in the House and then ultimately uh, passed it as part of the National Defense Authorization Act. I think the Congresswoman Elaine Loria lead the uh, charge on this, but the entire caucus was supportive of it. And so after many decades of people talking about how unfair this was, we, we finally were able to uh, do away with this. And now people are going to be made whole, so to speak. They're going to receive both benefits in their entirety. But we put a real focus on supporting service members who are currently serving and their families, as well as looking at, at veterans' issues, uh, similar to uh, the mental health inpatient care vet. Uh, that was a top priority for me in the last Congress. I guess just another example I would give you is Congressman Waltz from Florida uh, was familiar with a problem for service members where if you were killed overseas, a decision had to be made. The government would cover the cost of transport for remains to a service either at the base or in the hometown. Some people wanted to do both. And we were finding a situation where people would have that service at the military base and then pass the hat, so to speak, to cover the cost personally out of pocket to send that individual's remains home to their hometown to be buried. It just seemed like an unfair decision for spouses to have to make and families to have to make. And so we, we were able to successfully change that as, as well. And right, those are things that with honor, again, rallied support around, I'm sure engaged stakeholders to be able to support those legislative efforts for the partners in Congress that with honor has. Yeah, 100%. With Honor Action, which is our public policy arm, really rallies behind these priority areas of bipartisan veteran leadership of members like Congressman Jared Golden and his co-chair this year, Congressman Van Taylor. Both happen to just be Marines, by the way. Just happened that that, that shaked out. But all joking aside, I'm really thrilled as well now that one of the first actions for the 117th Congress under Congressman Golden and Taylor's leadership has been to rally the four country caucus behind the uh, global war on terrorism memorial, which I think is just so important for recognizing the veterans and their spouses. And this is a memorial that, that is inclusive of the broader community that has served in the global war on terrorism, including those members who serve through agencies like the State Department, the CIA, our FBI, and just really pleased to, to see this. I think it's something that can really get done this year. This is going to be a, a top priority for us. This is legislation sponsored by Congressman Jason Crow, an Army veteran out of Colorado, and Congressman Mike Gallagher, uh, who is a Marine veteran out of Wisconsin. And essentially, Congress needs to approve the selection of a location for a global war on terrorism memorial. As these wars uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq wind down, we believe that it's time 
to have a place where families can go. Families who have lost loved ones can go for healing, a place where veterans and others can go to reflect upon their service and teach uh, a, a young generation that may be not be as intimately connected to the events of 9-11 and, and what Afghanistan, Iraq, and the global war on terrorism have been all about. But we think it's important that there, and we're going to be making a big push to, to start building one for this generation's wars or right now. Uh, we think we think the timing is right and it's very important. But you know, I, I think a key point I would make about those types of legislation uh, that I was just telling you about is in order for people to continue to serve, it comes with a lot of sacrifice. So some of these changes that we focus on make it easier for the service member, for the family, and then later for the veteran. Uh, I think encourages more people to serve and know that the country has their back and, and then appreciates them. Next, I would just point out that we have a real focus on working together on national security as well. So we're looking a lot in this Congress at addressing cybersecurity vulnerabilities, uh, as well as thinking about the future security needs of the country. As you look at things like Indo-PACOM and the North Atlantic Sea, we're also finding ways that we can work together across party lines to be supportive of the national security mission of the future. No, and I think that is a critical aspect that many people don't consider is taking care of the veterans today is ensuring better national security for the service members of tomorrow and ensuring that we have the strongest force possible. Gentlemen, I thank you both for joining me on the conversation today. Rai, if people wanted to find out more about With Honor, how could they do that? Where could they find what you're doing? Thanks, Dwayne. Yes, please visit us at withhonor.org. And Congressman Golden, obviously, as a public figure, I don't think it would take too much for them to to find out what you're doing and how could listeners do that? Uh, I guess I would just say if they want to learn more about the work that I'm doing, uh, they can they can find me at uh, golden.house.gov. I'm happy to talk to any veteran that wants to serve at any level of politics from local right on up uh, to Congress. And, and I would you know, close by pointing out we, we need all types to get involved. And it's, it doesn't have to be a forever job or mission. You can get in and do it for a year at the local level, two years, or, or some people may make a career out of it. But I guarantee you, you'll find value in it and, and you'll do a great service to your community and your country. Absolutely. Thank you both for coming on the show today. Thanks, Dwayne. Thank you. Once again, we would like to thank this week's sponsor, PsychArmor. PsychArmor is the premier education and learning ecosystem specializing in military culture content. PsychArmor offers an online e-learning laboratory that's free to individual learners, as well as custom training options for organizations. One of the points that I would like to emphasize is how both Rye Barcott and Congressman Golden are carrying on service after the service. They're doing it in different ways, as I identified in this episode. But this is one of the most important things that I think a service member can do after they leave the service find a way to continue to serve. For some, that may be as a teacher or a coach. For many, it's through other common outlets, such as serving as a first responder. The military leaves a big hole in someone's life. You don't just find that you have a lot of free time on your hands. You find that you have a desire to be part of something bigger than yourself. Yes, we have to continue to pay the bills because that's a part of life. But for many veterans, getting a job to simply pay the bills is not satisfying enough. We need to find something to do in post-military life that has meaning. That is, it is internally satisfying, makes us feel good, and something that gives us a sense of purpose, something that is externally productive. 
We can compromise on one or the other, but sooner or later, veterans have to be able to satisfy both of those needs, as both of those needs were satisfied by their military service. The other point that I would like to make is the tendency for veterans to do meaningful work after the service. As you heard in both of their stories, there was a need for action that matched their ability. For Rye, it was spurred by a friend running for political office, but Rye also identified a need for greater representative for veterans in Congress. For Congressman Golden, he initially got involved at the state level by identifying a need for more substance abuse treatment beds in his community. If you ask any elected representative why they got involved in politics, you can be sure that there's likely a similar issue that they saw a need to address in their community. And the meaningful work isn't just related to individual causes. As you heard mentioned several times in the episode, Congressman Golden is a co-chair of the Four Country Caucus. For those of you who may not be familiar, a congressional caucus is a group of congressional members that meet to pursue common legislative objectives. The Four Country Caucus is a group of lawmakers who all served in the military. This is a bipartisan caucus which includes 25 congressmen and women, both Democrat and Republican. In a time in which bipartisan cooperation is an exception rather than the rule, a group of lawmakers who are meeting to address common needs is an example of veterans doing meaningful work after the military. I recommend that you take a look at the members of the Four Country Caucus through a link in the show notes to see if your elected representative is a member. Politics is one form of civic engagement for veterans and their families, a way to find meaning and purpose in post-military life. If you're interested in learning more about community and civic engagement, check out this week's PsychArmor resource, the course series for community-serving veterans, sponsored by National Veterans Intermediary and the Bob Woodruff Foundation. Many veterans make a smooth transition into civilian life and have the resources and networks they need to thrive, but there are others that could use help. To address the needs of veterans and their families, thousands of nonprofits, government agencies, and private organizations stand ready to offer support at the local and national levels. These courses provide a smart and useful framework for guiding social movement. The effective framework is inspired by collective impact theory and informed by the culture and values of the military and veteran community. These courses will teach you an overview of collective impact as well as the leadership strategies for increasing collaboration and activating community support for veterans and their families. So thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Make sure to take a look at the show notes, which you can find at psycharmor.org forward slash BTM13, as well as on the PsychArmor website. You will find the link to everything we talked about in today's show, as well as hundreds of online training videos delivered by nationally recognized subject matter experts who are committed to educating the civilian community about military culture. All of these courses are free to individual learners. Thank you for joining me on this episode and for continuing to join us on this journey. You wouldn't be listening if you didn't care, and it's that curiosity and passion for supporting service members and their families that we want to encourage and increase. Come back each week for another conversation, and make sure to engage with PsychArmor on social media to let us know what you think about the show. I'd like to express special thanks to Operation Encore and Navy Seahawk pilot Jerry Maniscalco for our theme song, Don't Kill the Messenger. This show was produced by Headspace and Timing, and all rights to the show remain reserved by PsychArmor. Feel free to share the show. In fact, We would like for you to do that, but make sure you let folks know where you heard it. Join us next time for another great episode. And until then, stay aware, get educated, and be well.